And now, listeners, we return to Green Valley, USA. Here is winter 1944. Chesterfield here, and it's time for the local beat. A leather-bound honor roll containing the names of all Green Valley residents in the armed forces was presented to the city on behalf of the Chamber of Commerce. It was suggested that the book be placed as a permanent record in the city library. Mayor Emery Ellis accepted the honor roll for the city after its presentation at a city council meeting. The book, which measures approximately one and one-half by two and one-quarter feet, goodness that's larger than I expected, has been in the process of preparation for nearly a year. Its loose-leaf construction allows it so that the names of future members of the armed forces may be added. 
The names were organized by branch of service and were taken from the files provided by the Green Valley Sentinel News. Preliminary estimates indicate about 35% more letters and parcels were handled at the Green Valley Post Office this Christmas than during any previous holiday season. That comes from our postmaster, Leslie Phillips. Due to a large number of patrons who did their mailing in November, the local office was able to handle the increased volume. Following the strenuous Christmas period, nearly half of the post office employees were confined to their homes with the flu and other illnesses, likely due to the large number of public contacts during that time. Be sure to thank your delivery person. They face the elements more than the most of us. For now, that is The Local Beat. This is Louis Chesterfield signing off. Destroyer at the entrance to New York Harbor, 
and at least 163 of her crew have perished. The cause of the original explosion, which doomed the ship, was not stated by the Navy. The survivors disagree on the number of explosions. Some report they heard three, others two. The last man on the ship, Chief Machinist Mate Rene H. Pinsettle, remarked he was on the rescue ship when the second explosion came, where he saw the ship break in half and go down. From Washington, the Army Air Forces want 100,000 additional women to serve on domestic and foreign airfields. This comes from Air Force Chief General H. H. Arnold. In his report to Secretary of War Stimson, he says 20,000 WAs are currently working with the Army Air Force, but considerably more are needed. Meanwhile, President Roosevelt reported to Congress that American Lend-Lease expenditures now total more than $18 billion, and declared that the major offensives agreed upon at Cairo and Tehran would speed the day of victory and the unconditional surrender of the Nazis and the Japanese. For now, this is Catalina Jack signing off. Hello listeners, Mary Hampton here and you're listening to On the Road and Off the Rack, where I travel around the country in my little green packard and take you along for the ride. I'm spending the beginning of 1944 in New York City, taking in the sights and seeing all of the fashions. And let me tell you, listeners, it is very suitable for us to talk about blouses. What? More blouses, you say? That is exactly it. More and more and then still more blouses. Probably until this year is done, too. At this exact moment, nothing has the timeliness or importance of blouses. And besides, it is an item all of us can use in our wilting winter wardrobe without too much extravagance, but certainly with a lot of zoop. I'd say that a blouse, or something that combines with a blouse, is the spotlighted fashion right now. Do you know that on Christmas Eve and New Year's out east, places like the Stork Club in El Morocco's had women wearing just that, evening blouses with, of course, a skirt. That is the way it is going, even in formal settings. And daytime provides all the more use for the blouse. And for any women with a career to tussle with, the jumper combined with a variety of blouses is the top new notion. The stage and screen are giving this fashion a particular send-off this season as well, such as Ilka Chase and her black pinafore and the choir boy blouse of white with long full sleeves. That is in the picture No Time for Love and Carmen Jones. The play running right now in New York puts its star in a jumper and blouse. And believe me, listeners, if it is in a picture or on a stage, it will influence the women of the public. For now, this is Mary Hampton saying Happy New Year and ta-ta for now.
Hello, Green Valley. This is your town doctor, Dr. Prellinger, here with five important pieces of advice to stay healthy this winter. One, limit the spread of germs. Cover your mouth and nose when you cough or sneeze. Wash your hands regularly, especially before handling food. Two, stay hydrated. There's no rationing on water, everyone, so be sure to drink a healthy amount every day. Three, manage dry skin. Cold air and low humidity can cause dry and itchy skin. Protect by wearing lip balm and avoiding bathing in hot water for long periods of time. Four, stay rested. A lack of sleep can lower your immune system and increase your probability of getting sick. Maintain a proper sleep schedule and remember that rest is the most important medicine if you are sick. Finally, if you are sick or think you might be, then come to my office and I'll give you an assessment. I'm available every day at my office on Charles Street. For now, this is Dr. Prelinger saying stay healthy out there. There's a new kind of dance they're doing down our way. Started out in Texas in a small cafe. Folks all like to hear them play. Texas polka. And before you're admitted to the dancing floor, Sheriff looks you over when you reach the time for the news. From Chicago, the most extensive snowstorm of the winter whisked across the Midwest under the impetus of gusty winds that churned up blizzards in some states. The snow covered a broad stretch of territory that reached from Montana to Michigan, scaled up to 11 inches, and drifted on roads in several sectors. Schools were closed in Omaha and Lincoln, Nebraska, and in a number of rural districts in northwestern Iowa and South Dakota. 
Roads were blocked in northern Kansas, and highway travel was impeded in Nebraska and the Dakotas. From Los Angeles, Deputy Mayor Orville Caldwell reported that the strike of 2,300 municipal water and power employees has closed eight plants vital to the war indefinitely. Additionally, more than 75,000 homes were without electrical service as the result of a 24-hour storm that downed power lines. According to Deputy Mayor Caldwell, disruption of war industry service increased the likelihood of federal intervention to settle the week-long walkout. From Washington, President Roosevelt turned away at his press radio conference at a direct question whether he would accept a fourth term. But in an ensuing political discussion, he managed to describe as ridiculous the idea of running with a Republican vice presidential nominee on a coalition ticket, and scoffed at reports that the elections might be put off for a year. People who talk that way, he commented, have not read the Constitution. To the question whether he would accept a fourth-term nomination, he replied that that was just one of them things. And for now, this is Catalina Jack, signing off. to share the good word of war bonds and how they are helping us defeat the Axis powers. 
If you and your friends and neighbors invest in enough Series E bonds by the end of winter, your community will be added to the list of stops on the Mr. Bond Nationwide Railway Tour. So buy war bonds today, and perhaps you'll see me tomorrow. Company in the Civic Auditorium as potential workers in an overall factory, which the firm is considering opening here. Whether the number of experienced power sewing machine operators among the applicants is enough to make it feasible for the firm to start a factory in Green Valley will be known in a few days. While the company will take many women without any experience and who are willing to learn, they will need a certain percentage of experienced workers to operate the special sewing machines. If the factory is established, they will employ up to 200 women and maintain a permanent plant here. Green Valley is opening its fourth war loan drive, so expect some of your neighbors to be visiting you with information about the important Series E bonds. And as an extra motivational treat, if our town can buy the full quota of $459,000, we will be on the list of towns Mr. Bond will stop along his nationwide railroad tour this summer. 
For now, this is Louis Chesterfield signing off. Hello listeners, Mary Hampton here with another piece of fresh fashion advice. Another new notion of fashions, which each of us will profit by if we think on it, is the silk braid trim. Yes, I mean just the sort of thing grandmother used to wear, and possibly mother when she was young and gay. Early in the century, and of course before... That, in good old Victoria's time, handsome Paris creations were heavy with braid trim. Soft braid cloth, evening coats, were almost patterned all over with it at times. Well, keep all this in mind, for it is coming straight in again for spring. Not so much the all-over braiding, although inevitably that will be bubbling up in some of the wake of these first models. For one, a good designer gets to playing with lovely braids in her hands, she isn't going to stop with a single notion or two. Now, at this present moment, one of the top notches of the New York designing world has turned out a series of suits and coats all trimmed with silk braid. The ones I saw use black braid on coloured wool, sometimes for the jacket only with an all-black skirt. I saw a bright cherry red jacket that was Chinese-like, that is to say, collarless, and the flat silk braid surrounding the neck and went down the fronts. Then I saw another model whose violet wool jacket had a short pet peplum, and this whole peplum was covered with curly cues of black silk braid. It will come on coats too. No, not yet, but I've seen some of the sketches,
and some bright spring day near Easter, you'll see them yourselves at wherever you shop. I'll be keeping my eye out, same as you, but until later, this is Mary Hampton saying ta-ta for now. a special report from Washington. Limited civilian mail service between the United States and parts of Italy will be resumed. Service to Italian territories in Africa are already in effect. Letters and postcards will be accepted here for delivery to Sicily, Sardini, and the ten Italian provinces of Bari, 
Brindisi, Catanzaro, Casenva, Lacey, Matera, Potenza, Reggie, Calabria, Salerno, and Taranto. Correspondence to the Italian zones will be limited to letters and postcards up to a minimum weight of two ounces. Postage rates will be the same as those in effect when service was suspended at the outbreak of the war. All correspondence for Italy will be subject to censorship. For now, this is Catalina Jack, signing off. Howdy folks, this here's Mo Harvey Pete talking to you from my little office at the Green Valley Depot. And it's time for a little country music here on Green Valley Radio.
unless you tell me that you care that tomorrow we'll be married but tomorrow's never there oh tomorrow never comes no tomorrow never comes now you tell me that you love me but tomorrow never comes oh jimmy short My evenings off every now and then. What brings you in today? I came by to say thank you for the flowers you left at my door the other day. Well, truth be told, I don't know the first thing about flowers, but I saw them by the tracks and thought of you. That is very sweet and very thoughtful. Well, you're very kind for saying so. What evenings do you have free to yourself, Mojave? It seems you're always here. <laughs> It seems that way to me, too, sometimes, but as it happens, I have tonight off. Are you doing anything exciting? Exciting? In this town? No, no. I'll just be sipping my usual drink at Crosby's. But I'll tell you what would make it exciting, Millie. What's that, Pete? If you'd join me for that usual drink at Crosby's. Goodness, Pete. I'd love to. Though the other folks there might start talking... (laughs) Start talking? About what exactly? About you and I having a drink together. I certainly wouldn't mind others around town talking about us having a drink together. Would you? No. In fact, I'm quite keen on the idea. Well, I'm mighty glad to hear that, Millie. 
I'll come by your place once I'm done with my shift and you can tell me more about those flowers I picked you. Sounds like a date. Just a line or two. She said, Listen, Daddy, you're a good gal's leaving you. That's all she wrote. That's all she wrote. Didn't write no more. Didn't write no more. She left the gloomer hanging round my front door. I woke up this morning at a quarter past three. I just couldn't realize this could happen to me. That's all she wrote. That's all she wrote. Didn't write no more. Didn't write no more. She left the gloomer hanging round my front door. Now listen, pretty mama, you know you done me wrong. Didn't even give a warning till I that's all she wrote. That's all she wrote. Didn't write no more. Didn't write no more. You left the rumor hanging round my front door. Now someday you'll be sorry. Your heart will ache with pain. You'd give a million dollars to write this note again. That's all you wrote. That's all she wrote. Didn't write no more. Didn't write no more. You left the rumor hanging round my front door. This here's Mojave Pete. I hope you enjoyed today's country music segment here on Green Valley Radio. And that you tune in again real soon.
Now, listeners, some war news. From London, hundreds of British bombers ripped Berlin with more than 1,000 tons of explosives. Swedish reports claim Adolf Hitler's Reich Chancellery was hit, though the extent of damage to Hitler's headquarters was not determined. From Allied headquarters, Algiers, General Sir Henry Maitland Wilson, Allied Commander-in-Chief of the Mediterranean, said that the European war can be won in 1944 and hinted that his armies may strike into southern France when General Dwight D. Eisenhower's British-based forces invade the continent. Finally, from Buenos Aires, doctors, nurses, and soldiers from Argentina were mobilized for rescue work and rushed to the provincial capital of San Juan, where thousands were reported killed in what may have been the nation's worst earthquake disaster. Early eyewitnesses and press reports say as many as 10,000 persons lost their lives in a series of tremors which struck suddenly and violently through 15 or more towns within a 50-mile radius of San Juan, where 90% of the buildings were leveled. For now, this is Catalina Jack signing off.
Robert Chesterfield here with the local beat. The Green Valley Gardening Club is sponsoring a meeting to be held at the Green Valley Library, where films will be shown depicting British war gardens. Master gardener Millie Fern will host this meeting and highlight proper methods of gardening, including spading, planting, weeding, and transplanting. So if you're looking to learn more on planting staples such as onions, peas, Brussels sprouts, and potatoes, visit the Green Valley Library and sign up for this educational lens into gardening here and across the pond. With only 4,500 units of Series E bonds sold in the Fourth War Loan Drive, Green Valley is still short of their quota in this particular type of bond. Out of eight people in Green Valley, only one has purchased an E-bond, according to present figures, with the slogan, Buy That Extra Bond Today. Our community is working hard to get to the $221,680 subscriptions necessary to bring the total Series E sale up to the required figure of $459,000. And as a reminder, if we can reach this bond sale quota, we will be on the list of towns Mr. Bond is visiting in his nationwide railroad tour this summer. And that is the local beat for now. This is Louis Chesterfield signing off.
Hampton here with some more fashion advice from New York. I am here to talk about the topper. And no, I don't mean a circus act or the top of a birthday cake. No, I mean the boxy spring coat that is quite popular on the West Coast. But this boxy topper is no California monopoly. True, California started the idea back when New York was buried under sequin and several other off-tune notions. But New York has come up pert and enthusiastic as we approach this spring with as many toppers, and in bright colours at that, as California itself is making. It seems that all good designers agree upon the smartness of the boxy topper for spring. Some come belted, and others are straight and plain. Some look like officers' raincoats chopped short. Others are so bold that they go collarless and dressy as you see in the Far East. Most are dressed like traditional California casual coats, with a footless material at the hem. And so, join this craze and jump on the bandwagon, like I am for the boxy topper coat. This is Mary Hampton saying farewell and ta-ta for now.
You're listening to Green Valley Radio, and here is some war news. From Allied Headquarters, New Guinea. Allied ground forces scored new advances against the Japanese on New Guinea and Bougainville. Additionally, American airmen destroyed or damaged 34 more enemy planes, as well in a raid on Rabaul. Meanwhile, Australian jungle fighters, aided by heavy air and artillery assault, scored a breakthrough in the Ramu Valley of New Guinea, and reached a point only 30 miles from American forces in the Sidor area of the northern coast. Meanwhile in Russia, Premier Marshal Stalin announced that 10 German divisions, encompassing possibly 150,000 men, have been trapped by an overwhelming Red Army offensive in the Ukraine. While Berlin announced the evacuation of strongholds of Rovno and Lutsk in a sensational 50-mile Axis retreat deep inside Old Poland. From Allied Headquarters, Naples. American and British troops on the Anzio beachhead successfully parried weakened German blows after having blocked a potential knockout punch by Field Marshal Albert Kesselring's mass divisions in 48 hours of furious combat. Meanwhile... A Soviet dispatch reported a plot against the life of King Peter of Yugoslavia. In private lines from Cairo have said that the young monarch was under restrictions so rigid as to constitute virtual imprisonment in his quarters there. The Russian official news agency, TASS, stated in a Cairo dispatch that four members of Peter's royal guard were arrested on a charge of plotting to assassinate him. It expressed doubt, however, that an actual attempt had been made on his life. And that's the news for now. This is Catalina Jack, signing off. Good night, wherever you are. May your dreams be pleasant dreams wherever you are If only one little wish that I wish comes true I know that the angels will watch over you
Thank you for listening to Green Valley Radio, winter 1944. News correspondent Catalina Jack is performed by Nick Sider. Local beat correspondent Louis Chesterfield is performed by Chris Tiberius Joazard III. Fashion and travel correspondent Mary Hampton is performed by Liz Dye. Master gardener Millie Fern is performed by Resurrection Fern. Mojave Pete is performed by Jay Chip. Deputy Johnson is performed by Cody Livernash. Dr. Prelinger is performed by Xander Bartholo. And Mr. Bond is performed by Ryan Conley. Executive and associate producers, that is to say, our generous patrons, are as follows. Associate producers, Jessica Kernan, Clark Silver, Cybersynth, and Michelle McMullen. Producers, Dave Colladell, Nathan Oval, Alex Solano, Ryan Gray, Laura Miller, Riley Brent, and Julia Kernan. Executive producer, Travis Traber. This project is made possible by listeners like you. Consider supporting this project on Patreon. Sounds heard in this broadcast were sourced from Freesound. Music heard in this broadcast was selected for accuracy to the time period this broadcast takes place and encompasses the following titles. Step Steps Down, performed by Barney Bagard. G.I. Jive, written by Johnny Mercer, performed by Louis Jordan and his Timpani Five. Deep Purple, written by Peter DeRose, performed by the Art Tatum Trio. Texas Polka, written by Lou Porter, Oakley Haldeman, and Vic Knight, performed by the Delta Rhythm Boys. Tico Tico, written by Elosio de Oliveira, Ervin Drake, and Jose Gomes de Abreu, performed by the Andrews Sisters. Till Then, written by Guy B. Wood and Sol Marcus, produced by Stephen Lasker. Performed by the Mills Brothers. Singing in the Rain. Performed by Guy Lombardo and his orchestra. My Melancholy Baby. Written by Ernie Burnett and George Norton. Performed by the Benny Goodman Quartet. Honey Song. Performed by Tiny Hill and his Hilltoppers. Tomorrow Never Comes. Written by Ernest Tubb and Johnny Bond. Performed by Ernest Tubb. That's All She Wrote. Performed by the Texas Troubadours. On the Atchison, Topeka, and the Santa Fe, written by Harry Rorn and Johnny Mercer, performed by Bing Crosby and John Scott Trotter and his orchestra. Time Waits for No One, written by Charlie Tobias and Cliff Friend, performed by Helen Forrest. That Kicks, performed by Sammy Price and his bluesicians. Born to Lose, performed by Tiny Hill. Time Will Tell, written by James Monaco and Mac Gordon, performed by Ella Fitzgerald. Good Night, Wherever You Are, performed by Russ Morgan and his orchestra. And finally, our credits piece for this broadcast, As Time Goes By, performed by Larry Adler. This broadcast is a work of fiction, researched, written, and produced by Nick Sider. All characters and voice dialogue are owned by Sider and Company. Thank you for listening.